Hey guys, before we dive into this week's episode, I've got a little offer for you. This year I launched my online studio, Mindful Moment, and I'd love for you to prioritize your own well-being and come and have a free trial. You'll get unlimited 24-hour access to my growing library of meditations, mindfulness techniques, breathwork and movement sessions, yoga classes, sound healing recordings, and more. Whether you've got two minutes or a full day, and whether you want to improve your sleep, feel calmer, or let go of damaging thought patterns, there are sessions there to support you. All from the comfort of your own home on your own timetable. Go to lilysilverton.com forward slash mindful hyphen moment to start your free seven day trial today. I think this is again, maybe how your priorities change during this time. And I'm pretty tough on myself with work and I put a lot of pressure and... I think when you have your own business, you put more pressure because it's just all on you. And I always have this sort of feeling that I've got to be working, doing my book last year. I did that all in lockdown. So I feel that I didn't really give myself much of a break. And then, you know, come January, I found January very hard, as I'm sure a lot of people did. And, you know, if it was good weather, I always make the effort to go out, sit in the sun, have a drink, just have that time, read a book and not be, oh God, I've got to be working. Oh, I've got to be doing this and got to be doing that. Welcome to Priorities, the podcast about the things in life that really matter. I'm your host, journalist and coach Lily Silverton. And each week, along with a roster of incredible guests, I'll be exploring how priorities inform and transform our lives. Sharing mindset tips, strategies and inspiration to help you prioritise your own life. We'll be covering what we think is important and unimportant, what we'd like to work on more, and the moments that changed our priorities and lives forever. I hope you enjoy. My guest today is chef, writer, and food company director, Nina Parker. The author of three cookbooks, Nina worked in multiple London restaurants before setting up her private catering business, which counts Donatella Versace, Russell Brand, and Stormzy among her clients. Nina has written for publications such as Vogue and Condé Nast Traveller, and is the food travel columnist for Tatler, the Evening Standards ES Insider, and environmental publication EcoAge. Her third cookbook, Saucy, came out last year. Hi, Nina. Hi, Lily. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks. So nice to talk to you this morning on a Monday. And you. Do you, um, so Monday morning, do you have a bit of a routine, Nina? Are you a routine person? Uh, yes, I am. I try, um, like definitely to do some, a few nice things in the morning. Um, and such as sort of meditation. I do like a 20 minute meditation most mornings, a bit of yoga, um, or I run. That's also something I'll do. Um, I make a smoothie. I love my smoothies. So like a combination of that sort of those things. Sounds like a very dreamy routine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm in somewhere right now, which doesn't have any curtains. So waking up early is quite easy. (laughs) I mean, I'm up kind of like at sort of five, six, quite, you know, easily. Are you a morning person? Um, I don't think I used to be, but I think in lockdown I've become even more so just because, you know, I'm just not doing quite as many things in the evenings. And I just, I'm pretty bored of watching series and TV. Um, so I'd rather 
get up a bit earlier and do some stuff. Plus, I just think it's so important for my mental state to do a few of those things. I notice when I don't do them that I feel, I, yeah, I just don't feel as good. Um, so keeping on a good, sorry about that, keeping in a good sort of space um, is essential. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, should we move on to your one of your first priorities? Yes. So you sort of, you, of course, as a chef, <laughs> that one of your big priorities is good food and a nice meal. Yeah, <laughs> I know it seems very basic, but I think, yeah, when you were asking me those questions, I just thought my priorities at the moment are quite simple and um just because that's all that's on offer. I mean, I remember like January and February that it's it was so simple what we could do and, you know, the dark, dark, thank God the days are getting lighter now, but, you know, with dark evenings and, you know, making a really nice meal where, you know, something that takes a bit more time, whether it's like tortellini or um, doing like a prawn burger um things like that, just, I think, making a bit more of an effort and, you know, going to your nice fishmonger or somewhere to get the good quality ingredients um, and making it, you know, that's basically what I'm spending my money on is just delis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you not find, like, that sort of probably something that, you know, that everyone's trying to do it's just you know you can have spend money on your food that's all we can really spend money on at the moment yeah absolutely although I think for a lot of people this sort of third lockdown has maybe been a bit more of a struggle to prioritize those sorts of things yeah and that a lot for a lot of people it's just been head down let's get through this yeah but of course first lockdown everyone was like baking bread and making smoothies and <laughs> trying out new meals and so on and so forth yeah definitely I think my because I normally go away at this sort of time of year and also I, a big part of my life was doing travel writing um and I got so much inspiration from that and you know because I'm not in a restaurant um And so my big inspiration comes from trying food, even, you know, if it's in London, I'm going to a restaurant and I'll try a flavor combination, or it could even be something I've had before, but it it triggers ideas for me. And I found it very difficult in January and February to like keep that inspiration going. And I've really had to force myself. Um, So yeah, it's it's definitely been a challenge. Extra (laughs) energy that's needed. Yeah, definitely. How did you get into food, Nina? How did I get into food? I guess it was a gradual thing. Um, When I sort of was at university, I did my year abroad in Madrid. um, And there was this amazing um, restaurant that kind of called Viva La Vida. And it had, it was like organic and amazing. It was all vegetarian, actually. um, And they just... I just loved that place so much. And I always was like, oh, maybe I could create something like that when I, you know, leave uni. And and then I think when I eventually left uni, I just kind of got the idea that I wanted to start some kind of food business and like have my own business. And then it was when I left uni, I went to work at, um, I was working at the tennis at Wimbledon. And 
a friend of mine said, oh, there's this incredible Italian restaurant called Lanama in Liverpool Street. I could maybe get you a, a meeting with uh, the head chef. And um, and yeah, and I met him, this guy called Francesco Matze, who's, st- you know, became my boss. And I I kind of worked my way through all the different sections. Um, and in, in restaurants, it's called a stage, like kind of work experience. And I loved it. I just loved the kind of, the fresh produce that came in in the mornings and it was it's you know all in very much classic Italian but very rustic and the ice cream was just I mean I hadn't ever tasted ice cream like that it was just all simple ingredients made from scratch and I just fell in love with it and it was very it was a very I loved art and I you know I studied art and um I and my mum, I come from sort of an arty background with my mum being like a sculptor and an artist. And this was like another kind of art, um, but still very creative that I hadn't really thought, oh, this could be maybe something I'd be into. And yeah, it kind of stemmed from there. And then I just carried on. And and then that's where I am now, I guess. Have you always had a good relationship to food? Yeah. Pretty much. I have always been really into, I've always loved desserts and yeah, I I'd say I've always been, I'm not, I wasn't as obsessed as I am now. Um, but I think pretty much I've, I've always, yeah, had a passion for it and loved ice cream and cakes for sure. When I was, you know, that's something I think when I started cooking, that was what I really wanted to do well at first. Then it kind of stemmed on, you know, moved on to other things and more savoury. So if you're doing a dinner party, yeah, what, <laughs> what would you do to sort of wow people? Um, so if I'm doing a dinner party, I, I try, I think with a dinner party, because there's a lot of pressure for me and I put a lot of pressure on myself, but also when people come over to my house, they expect a lot. I, and it, what's really annoying when you have friends over, you kind of just want to enjoy it and have your mates over and not worry too much. But I just can't ever get away with that, unfortunately. Um, but what I can do is I think whatever I'm doing, whether it's like a curry or, um, like a fish curry, for example, I did a Caribbean curry the other day and, uh, I kind of, my cheats are doing lots of sort of toppings and sauces to go with it. Because I feel like when you've got a lot of people, uh, not that people have a lot of people these days, but if you, if you have people, when I did have people coming over, it's those little things that you can add after, um, which kind of lights up the meal again. And especially it's, they're sort of cheats because they make, they add texture, more flavor, you know, whether it's like a chili oil or crispy shallots or a sort of nut mix. That is, those are, that's what I always aim for. Um, and I always try and give people definitely vegetarian, but quite often I make it vegan for them because I always want them to feel that this food can be so good. And yes, yeah, so I always try and offer people that type of food much to maybe them not wanting that, but then they sort of come around maybe in the end. <laughs> maybe you could send us a link to a good curry recipe and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes. 
definitely so when things do open back up shortly yes I know I feel like we're on the cusp of it all hopefully hopefully coming back um definitely the good weather is making such a difference yeah it does are you someone who's quite social normally Yes, I I mean I love having people around. Um you'd think I'd be sick of cooking, but I just love having people around and it's been and also I'm quite a sociable person and it's been difficult for me from that sort of side of things and just yeah, not seeing people and uh, yeah, I'm I prefer to see people in real life. I I spend so much time on my phone with Instagram for my job that I'm definitely someone that gets very bored of texting and I would rather see people in real life. Um, so yeah, but hopefully we're, we're coming to an end with that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel relaxed about it? About it? The things hopefully opening up. Yeah. I do actually, I am rearing to go. Do not, I am not afraid at all about or apprehensive about. I I can't wait for stuff to go back to, you know, just, I think it's definitely changed me. Um, like it has hopefully changed quite a lot of people. Um, but just the, the sociable aspect I've missed so much. And yeah, I don't have, I know I was talking to, a few people at the weekend and some of them were thinking oh I'm a bit nervous of it going back and I'm not I'm definitely not one of those people um yeah I think a lot of people are feeling quite apprehensive but hopefully once things start opening up that they'll feel less so but it's that anticipation that's almost worse yeah because of course once you start seeing people and having those interactions they're so fulfilling hopefully Oh, definitely. I, I, but I'm very much of the mindset that I try and I guess the sort of things that I say to myself every day are, I try and be really positive, um, that, you know, I try and, you know, say affirmations and things like that. So I, I mean, when I see pictures of, you know, like, um, I don't know, like Glastonbury, for example, or like a club scene in a film, I'm always like, I find it so abstract and I can't believe it. And I do have those realizations, but of God, that seems so foreign now, but I really just feel like people, especially this summer, I'm really just hoping that people can actually have a good time and be together and, I feel that is really, you know, when I'm living on a park at the moment and I see so much of the park life at the moment and it's amazing. And there's, you just look and people just want to have a nice time with each other. And I just feel like we've all been through so much and, um, you know, it's been, people are so, you know, their mental states is some more than others. Uh, Well, I think it's affected everyone as, you know, from different sort of levels but I think that we just need some good news and some good times and yeah so I'm really I'm excited about it. Can you about another one of your priorities which was about being easier on yourself? Yes. And I really love that 
talk to me a little bit about that um yeah it's I think this is again you know maybe how your priorities change during this time and um I'm pretty tough on myself with work and I put a lot of pressure and I you know, I think when you have your own business you definitely you put more pressure because it's just all on you and I always have this sort of feeling that I've got to be working you know come you know I do a full work day and I do work at the weekends and doing my book last year I did that all in lockdown so I feel that I didn't really give myself much of a break um and then you know come January and actually I think just yeah I found January very hard as I'm sure a lot of people did and you know if it was good weather I always make the effort to like it's going to be good the next couple of days this week and I just feel already I am going to make the effort to go out sit in the sun have a drink just have that time read a book and not you know and not be oh god I've got to be working oh I've got to be doing this and got to be doing that um and not worrying that I might get behind or, you know, cause I do always, it is always fine and I do always make it work. Um, but I just think those, t- especially cause we can't go away anywhere. Um, I think being happy with where you are and taking that opportunity, whether it's like a bit of sunshine and just enjoying that when it is, um, and taking advantage of it in that moment, for me, I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's all about being happy in the present, isn't it? And taking and being present. And so I think I'm less, I do take that time off. Whereas before lockdown, I probably wouldn't have been so, cause I would have thought, Oh, well, I might be going away or, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm not appreciating where I am as much, but I just think being easier on yourself and, taking that time I just do it now and you know I know that and also making sure I take the weekend off uh and it just does wonders for my mind state uh so yeah I think that's probably something that a priority now and hopefully I'll carry it on um as well when hopefully everything lifts but I think yeah, because I can be really tough, and to the point where, like, I'll have a, I'll give myself a panic attack. So, it's it's good to just. I now know I have to do that because otherwise, it could could end in tears. <laughs> I think it's really common also to work in that way that you talked about before, where you'd work nonstop, but then you know that you have a holiday coming up, so you'd take yourself yeah. to that breaking point. Yeah, rather definitely. Than- what it sounds like you've developed now, which is mindfully embracing little moments and little things that make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even last week when, um, like I'd, the news, as I'm sure it affects a lot of people, it affects me a lot. And, you know, I, it definitely last year, there was a real, I, I always tried to, you know, because we didn't know what was happening. And let's be honest, we still don't really know what's happening and no one does. And it does infuriate me when, you know, you'll listen to the news and they'll think, okay, I'm going to put this headline out. And they have no regard of like maybe how that's affecting people mentally that 
you know, we've been in a lockdown now for coming up to three months and it's, you know, maybe some people were thinking, oh, we might potentially get to go away this summer. And suddenly your dreams in a moment are just crushed. And I think disappointments like that, I just personally, and I'm sure a lot of people find that quite difficult. So instead, my mindset is, you know what, I don't know what's going on. don't know what's going to happen. I probably will get away maybe, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm just going to concentrate on if England is having some good weather and some good things are happening, I'm going to just enjoy that and not think about anything else. And I think for me, that's, I find comfort in that and it keeps me, me stable, (laughs) I suppose. It's also a matter of, I guess, finding that internal um, stability rather than searching for it externally. Yes. Which, you know what, I'm all for all of that. And I, I think I was even more for that and embracing that in the first lockdown but year on, I definitely am not going to lie. I'm a little bit fed up of, of, of going for the internal, but it's fine. It's the way it is. But, you know, it's funny. My friend who's um, a yoga teacher, she says that to me quite a lot. And, I, you know, when I'm having like a, a complaint about things and she'll say that to me and I'll be like, yes, yes, I know. I'm into it. I'm totally there. But you know what? I'm fed up. That's all. But it's cool. You have moments, don't you, where you want to just be a bit frustrated and then you get past it and then you say, you know what, it's not that bad. It's fine. I'm healthy and I can do this. So, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not going to lie. It do, I do because I love, I love all of that. And, and then sometimes you're like, you know what, I'm just, I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to be cross about this situation. And then um, and then you see past it and it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, I really strongly believe that's the key to good mental health as well. Because <laughs> yeah. you meet people who are relentlessly positive about stuff. Yeah, yeah, you need to have the spaz out, right? You need to be yeah. maybe a bit bratty and you're like, you know what? This sucks. But I'm going to move past it. It's okay, but it's not okay. <laughs> Yeah, the people yeah. who are sort of always looking at the silver lining nonstop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you tell them, you say, yeah, mate, this is not cool. Yeah. I'm fed up with the walks. I don't want to be internal. I am grateful, but I'm also not grateful at the same time. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, it is it is waves. Like, I'd, it's funny when you have friends and you talk to people and everyone has their moments and they're going to be different moments to when you have it, but there are those waves of, Oh, that poor, yeah, I totally feel for them. They're having one of those moments. <laughs> and it's good yeah. that people have it at different times as well. Cause yeah. Different, different times. You're like, Oh, did you, yeah. Did you see to so-and-so? Yeah. They, she was having like, she was having a real low moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, I had that last week. I totally know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when going back as well to what you said about um not working quite as hard or being easier in yourself um or not working quite as relentlessly I should say maybe because it doesn't yeah you're not working as hard but it's something I I work with clients a lot and I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before but where we talk about 
rather than thinking about input in terms of how much energy and time you're putting into your work, especially for freelancers, think about your output. So, you know, for you, you published your book Saucy really recently and, you know, you've put a lot out there recently Mm. and done a huge amount of work. And so maybe it's a good time to step back and have a think about, you know, prioritizing your mental health and having a bit more of a break because things will ramp up again. So always yeah. about the output rather than the input. So you're not working relentlessly for no reason. Yeah, no, that's so true. And that's something I have definitely tried. To, I think in one of my affirmations, I tried to say maybe well done for having produced that book um, in quite a tight schedule. And because I do have people that will sort of ask me, oh, cool, you know, I think I just published it and I even have people saying, oh, when is the next book? And I just, you know, that, that sort of just saying that to me, um, does create quite a bit of anxiety. Um, <laughs> cause I just think, wow, like, you know, I just spent eight months just giving so much of myself, um, to that body of work. And, you know, it's, it's a ton of work. It definitely, was a lot and I did it in too short a space of time. Uh, and I wish I'd given myself a bit more. I could have done, you know, I wish I had like two months, maybe more, which is quite a lot of time when you think about it. But yeah, I think it's so important. And I think that's maybe why I've been easier on myself in these months because I've thought, oh, well, I did work really hard. And, you know, when you, not to compare, but you obviously do compare <laughs> when you think of, I mean, where I am, uh, so I'm sort of like East London and there's, you know, I joke it's called furlough fest, uh, on, you know, a lot of the parks around here of people. And I'm like, oh, I would have, you know, I, I, not that I think I would have wanted to do that because I, I, I definitely wanted to do something constructive with all the time, um, because my catering stopped in lockdown, uh, inevitably so I did have more time so and I'm I definitely always want to produce stuff and I love creating things but I did sometimes think like oh I didn't you know I wish I kind of had a bit of that time to just chill out and drink beers on the on London fields uh and join the furlough festival (laughs) uh but but yeah so there is and, and and I think that's why I've been easier on myself this side of the year um because of, I mean, you know, Instagram is sort of relentless, how much content you have to create, um, which is amazing. I love doing it, but it is important. I think, yeah, being self-employed, you do have to be strict and be, and say to yourself, it's really important to give yourself this break and make sure you, you know, what is it, um, this, uh, going to laugh at this, but my life coach that I've started seeing this side of the year, she always says, uh, she's this incredible woman called Georgia, who is just, I love her. She's so great. Um, and she always says that capacity comes from rest and, uh, maybe even, I think if you're in any industry, that's important. And I always say that to myself now when I think, oh, am I going to just, work the other hour and really I say no you know what I might just have a bath and light a candle and put some oils in that bath and maybe I'll read my book and you know so I think it's stuck with me quite a lot Mm. 
I like that capacity comes from rest. Yeah. It is. It's so true. My work centres on helping people better navigate this challenging modern world, so I'm very excited that this episode of Priorities is sponsored by Anatomy, a London-based modern apothecary that provides natural solutions to support the stresses of daily life. Anatomy's range of vitamins, health supplements and therapeutic essential oils have been developed with the help of sports scientists, nutritionists and aromacologists, and they combine the best of nature and science to create products that support your essential health and well-being. I've been using their defense and immune support vitamins all winter, and I love their sleep and recovery oils. I put a little of their blue chamomile insomnia blend on my wrists and the soles of my feet before I get into bed, and always find it helps settle my body and mind. Anatomy are kindly offering any Priorities listener 20% off their first order with the code LILY20. Check them out on www.anatomy.co. You talked before about, before obviously everything shut down, you were catering and you also worked as a private chef. Yes. And um, is that something that felt like it motivated you and gave you energy? Yeah, I, I think what, what I used to work in restaurants and I sometimes do pop-ups in restaurants now and again. Um, and I think that industry, um, I've been, it's sort of been instilled in me and anyone that works as a chef will know this, that it's incredibly hard work and it's incredibly labor intensive and it instills this very strict discipline in you, um, to the point where I think unless you're working really, you know, it's very labor intensive and unless you're, you know, you, it has, it sort of installs this crazy fast mentality, which is great for when you're in a restaurant, but then any task you do, I think it makes you really hard on yourself. Um, it's good because it really toughened me up being in that industry and it made me appreciate hard work and how hard some people work but then maybe that is why it's made it really hard I've I become so tough on myself about things um so but I love I think it's good to do a balance like I mean I think what was good about my job before lockdown is I think doing the catering and doing a bit of Instagram sort of simultaneously having the sort of two sides of my business um the catering, well, it was me actually bringing food to people so people could actually taste what I could do and see if I could even cook, um, I suppose, because, you know, when you make a beautiful image on Instagram, who knows if that tastes good in a way. Uh, that's That was always my thinking behind it. I always thought, oh, how does anyone know I can even cook? Like, you know, a pretty picture, anyone can do that. And so, yeah, it was sort of seeing if there was proof in the pudding I suppose. Um, but, but it's tough. It's even doing the catering. Um, and because I'm like a one man band, like I will have people help me on the night. It's, it's just, yeah, it, it does. It is sometimes a lot. So it's been nice to have a bit of a break from it and reassess, you know, and, and obviously I got to, I love creating recipes and I love the whole creative process and, researching recipes I think that's my happiest place um but then you know it's fun doing a pop-up here and there and you get to actually 
you do get a buzz from being in the kitchen and but it, it's sort of yeah I guess it's a bittersweet there's an amazing side to it but then there's also an incredibly like backbreaking side to it um and as much as I feel like I'm a a strong person and can do a lot of things like I also do feel that I get very exhausted by that work um and I think you know I yeah I think I think it's nice to I think I need a balance for sure I, I couldn't do the restaurant industry the whole time for sure I think I'd just get sick the whole time which is what I used to do back in the day because I my body just couldn't quite handle it Mm. I've got quite a few friends who are chefs and I know that they experience a lot of burnout yeah question around um social media for you because so much of your work is based on there now yes how do you manage that in terms of not getting burnt out or overwhelmed or in terms of protecting your mental health and being online a lot it's funny so like the last I'm you know when people would say oh you know, talk about mental health and then talk about social media. I didn't really, I didn't used to feel that effect at all because Instagram used to just be like a sort of extra outlet for what I did. And it was great PR for my, for anything I did. I could uh, promote my books, but I, in the last year, because everything has become so digital. So like one part of my business disappeared, which was the catering but then all of my digital stuff just went crazy and I was having to produce more content than I usually would. And also all my focus was on digital. And and yeah, I did start to know, and I think that's why I started having panic attacks because I was, this is just how ridiculous this stuff makes you feel. So I was in the South of France, I was really lucky and I got to go to the South of France in August and I was produced, but I worked basically the whole time while I was out there and I was producing the saucy book and I was doing all the recipe testing. And then I wanted to keep the, um, the Instagram going. So I was also but creating content for that. And I think I was just at a maximum creative capacity. And I was, you know, I, I remember going on a cycle ride And I started feeling really funny because I was still doing a lot of exercise. I mean, when I look back, I was really, you know, burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. Um, I mean, I wasn't partying. I wish I was partying, but I wasn't. Um, And I think I came back from the cycle ride and my family had like left to go somewhere. And I started feeling really like kind of having an outer body I just felt like my heart started racing and I'd had a panic a few panic attacks like years previously but it felt a bit different and I just yeah really sadly I'd actually just lost my aunt to a heart attack like a few weeks earlier and I thought oh my god am I is it in the blood like am I gonna is the same thing gonna happen to me and I had like an hour of feeling horrendous I tried to do a bit of yoga. I thought, oh, maybe something's like, you know, twisted, did a meditation, which usually always sorts me out. And then my brother came back and I sort of told him, I was just like, I just feel really weird, you know, and I, um, and he just said, just go straight to sleep. So I went and I slept and I felt better. And then I remember 
my family just said, you need to come off your phone. You need to not do any work. You're like updating your website. You're creating this book and you're trying to like be, you know, on Instagram and being active and just, I mean, it was, it was just stupid. <laughs> and, but then I just felt the pressure because I thought, oh, I've got this book coming out. I need to keep my Instagram going because that's going to be my main outlet of selling it. Um, so I just, I have to keep this going. Um, and you know, so it is, and then there's a lot of pressure of how much engagement you get. Um, there's all this stuff and, but no, and then my, I did just like, I did no exercise for sort of, I think about four or five days and, just really, I think I just did a few like yoga nidras before I went to bed and I felt so much better. But yeah, it really shocked me actually what I did to myself because it was all self-inflicted. And yeah, so that, that was my example of how maybe social media gets a bit too much. And yeah. That's brilliant that you could recognize that you were at that place and, and bring yourself back from it with help from your family. Yeah, I know it's, it's, but, and then I've just tried to be a bit more chilled about it and not, it's weird. Almost you, you hit a sort of moment like that where you feel pretty low and then you just realize, come on, this is stupid. Why are you getting so, why are you putting so much pressure on it? It doesn't matter if, if you don't manage to create the content that day or, you know, don't put such, you know, maybe do a few lighter posts where it's not such content heavy, where you have to create this amazing recipe with so much flavor and it's got to be the best recipe. And I think, you know, it's that sort of pressure. You just say, you know what, I'm instead of going to create three amazing recipes a week, I'm just going to do one and the rest could be lighter content. Um, so yeah, it's about balance, but I'm ridiculous. I was in the most beautiful location in the world and I made myself feel so awful, which just shows you, you, you can be in a very relaxing, amazing place and it's all internal what's happening anyway. So it doesn't really matter where you are. If you're putting that stress and pressure, um, it'll still be, you know, you can't, it's not going to, the, the location doesn't mask it in a way because my family didn't understand why it was happening. They're like, well, you're, but you're, we're, we're in such a relaxing place. How can you be stressed? <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's funny. Well, it wasn't funny, but it is funny now, I guess. <laughs> we take that stuff with us wherever we go, don't we? Yeah, I know that's, that's also a, a bizarre thing that I, that I thought, God, I, I can't believe I'm even doing this here. How am I getting so stressed? Like, it's not stressful. Like, anyway, it's fine. <laughs> so um, you told me that there was a moment in your life where your priorities shifted in an instant, um, which was when you went yeah. to Aquarium. I know, I was trying to think of what, that was the sort of main thing that I guess sort of jumped out at me that I have changed in my life. Um which has sort of led on to lots of other things. Um, and yeah, I, it was about sort of over four years ago now that I went veggie and I, 
yeah, it, it definitely, for me, it really worked and I love it. And it was, I'm not really that extreme with things. I'm kind of quite measured, um, as a person, but you know, I actually, and I still, you know, for actually over those years, I've still cooked meat, um, for clients. Um, but it's not really for me because I guess I have two lives. I have my sort of chef life and then I have the food I, I eat. Um, that's the way I see it anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've, I've loved the way it makes me feel. And then I think what it's changed is obviously provenance of where ingredients come from. It's made me care so much more and, um, you know, eating seasonal, seasonal food and then, consequently that leads on to the environment um and it was actually environmental that was the reason I first did it it wasn't because of health um it was just to see you know I think like everyone uh caring a lot more and wanting to do your bit that you could do and then it sort of led on to fashion I mean it sort of changed my life because it's made me care so much more about all aspects of my life and you know whether it's fashion um, I mean, I was never like a big shopper anyway, but it's definitely made me much more conscious of when I buy an item, I try and do all this research. I mean, it, it's annoying because I have to do so much. I feel like I have to do so much extra work checking where this thing comes from and who's made it. And, um, yeah, so, and then, I'll, and then that leads on to other industries, whether it's like beauty, um, yeah. So I, I think it's, I mean, I was having this conversation yesterday about books and I love books so much. Um, and I love the idea of, I just love holding a book when I, you know, and I read quite a lot and I'm now just thinking, God, I think I have to get a Kindle, but I don't want to do that. Cause I just don't want to have like something that I have to charge. Um, I'm quite old fashioned like that when it comes to books but then I'm like, God, well, what am I going to do? Because I moved house and I noticed how many books I've got. Um, so, yeah, that's my next thing. I'm like, what do I, how do I chop, swap that for a more sort of sustainable way? I mean, it's exhausting, really. <laughs> do you find, do you find that what? Yeah, I, um, I try and source most of my things fairly sustainably. So most of my fashion, when I, when I worked in fashion years ago, I was very involved in the sustainable side of things. I mean, I just did, I just watched Seaspiracy, which um, obviously opened up a can of worms too. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, well, maybe when you're in a really positive mood, then you can watch it. I wouldn't watch it when you're like a bit down about life. <laughs> I was actually veggie until I got pregnant. Um, with my first and my partner thought I was pregnant because he found me at a barbecue having been veggie for years eating like a burger and he's like what are you doing and I was like I don't know I absolutely have to eat this right now and he's really like, oh my god like, I'm gonna do a pregnancy test because <laughs> that was quite out of out of behavior standard behavior which was really interesting that my body didn't never craved it when I was veggie before and then suddenly when I was pregnant really did yeah well it's so important to listen to that isn't it mm. okay finally I want to talk to you about um what you'd like to prioritize more 
So you've said two things, one of which is that you wish you were a bit more organized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the other is that you wish you weren't so sensitive sometimes. Yes. I don't know if that's something how you can prioritize. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I wish I was more organized. I, I'm always trying to be more organized and I feel that everyone is more organized than me. But um, yeah, I maybe that comes, it's just not something I feel I'm born to do, but I've realized the benefits of it so much. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's something um, that takes practice for me. Um, but I do quite often feel like I'm sort of, what is it? You're like hanging by the seam of your pants. I do feel that quite a lot. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, about being too sensitive. I, I think this is something I've, I, I just, am um, with things and I think it would be good to care. I, I think cause I'm quite a passionate person, um, it would be good to just be a little bit less, um, maybe, but I haven't worked out how to stop that. So that's a work in progress. They're both work in progress. <laughs> so in terms of the organization, I think... Are you very organized? I am pretty organized, but I'm really naturally organized. So I know that that's my strength. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> and I do a lot of organizing for other people, like my mom or my best friend, I'll go and like help them organize um, a lot of the time. But I enjoy it. Yeah. It's something that nourishes me and keeps me in a really good place. However, yeah. I think it's really good because you've said it's not your speciality. And I think just recognizing that doesn't mean that it has to become your speciality there's also a lot to be said for recognizing that it's not necessarily your strong point. And so right. can you either get help from other people in order to do it or find a way to integrate it into your life so that it feels like you're not always at that tipping point, but yeah. that you're also not beating yourself up about it and saying, oh, I wish I was more organized because you know, that's not one of your strengths and you've got lots of other incredible strengths, especially your creativity Oh, this is very helpful. Well, I definitely, um, I actually last year, I had this amazing like angel lady come into my life who is called Annabelle. And it was mid last, yeah, about middle of the summer. Um, and she's called a virtual assistant. Um, and I just thought immediately, she approached me just saying, oh, would you maybe, she's very, she was completely on it. She said, oh, would you maybe like some, I see you're doing a new cookbook. Do you maybe want some help with that? And I immediately was like, no, 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 I really can't, I probably can't afford that. Uh, that sounds maybe too much. And, you know, I shouldn't really have an assistant. And then actually um, when I was completely chaotic with the book, I, I wrote back to her and, and said, yeah, actually it might be a good idea. And she has just made my life so much easier. And it's that whole thing of giving work to someone else to help your business move forward and help you move along and it just being much more, much less chaotic. Um, but the problem I find, and it'd be funny if she listens to this because she'd know, is is me being organised enough to give her the work to do. 
<laughs> which I know is um, a bit of a, you know, it's, uh, the vicious circle about not giving the work, but then she's there. And yeah. So, but it's, it's, I think, yeah, well then it's fine. All I have to do is just admit that I, that's not a strength. I'll admit that. <laughs> admit it and then delegate as you're doing. And maybe <laughs> if you know that even getting to the point where you can give Annabelle the work is not a strength, yeah. that's definitely like a hurdle that you need to get past in order to make everything yeah. work more efficiently. Then yeah. you could um, schedule in an hour. I'm sure I imagine that you schedule in time to like work on recipes or, or create yeah. content on your Instagram or whatever it is. But you could also schedule in an hour a week where you just sit down and think about the tasks that you need to give away that week. Yeah. So simple, but you're so right. And then you have that time and it's done. And you can do that anywhere. You can do that sitting outside in the sun. You don't Mm. need to be indoors necessarily for that one. So you could combine it. I'm going to do it today when I sit out inside in the sun. Okay, brilliant. Okay, and then sensitivity. (laughs) (laughs) Come on to that quickly. Um, Sensitive to the world in general because the world is harsh, sensitive to what people say? Um, or um, I, think, I think all of the above. I mean, for example, I take a lot of, um, you know, for example, watching that documentary about seaspiracy, like I know quite a lot of the problems already because it's, it's the food industry, so I know. But, you know, for example, when I watch the news, I feel that is something that really affects me, but obviously I want to know, I want to be knowledgeable and aware of what's going on, but it does weigh me down. And I think it's partly it's the language that they use that really frustrates me. Um, I have a, yeah, I have a real, uh, what is it called? Be in my bonnet about the news and um, how they project, how they present it really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I take it, um, I, I, yeah, I, it does wear me down a lot and I have to really, um, monitor how much of an intake I have because it just gets me too down really. So you could take it up with the news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The news is created. I say this is someone who's watching journalism as well. It is created to engender often a negative reaction because that's the way that people keep watching or reading. Mm. reminding yourself of that and there is really a point at which you don't need to be any more knowledgeable than you are often people go quite far past the point of the need to know yeah and especially right people like you (laughs) who are already sensitive who are already very empathetic to the world around them and people around them and also, ultimately, sensitivity means you really care, you know? So it's, it's I don't know whether, I, I would improve on bolstering your own um, sort of, uh, what would you call it? Like protections from the yeah. world, but not trying to minimize your own sensitivity because that means that you care, it means that you're connected, it means that you're aware of other people, and that's really a superpower that's an incredible thing to have and so important and not enough people connect with that. Well, well that's very sweet. You can put a nice spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
Doesn't mean well, it's yeah. thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I I think I see I totally see what you're what you're saying. It's just a balance, isn't it? And keeping that balance. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, little things and I think that probably a lot of people feel this like I've been um you know watching things before you go to bed um that are either very depressing or sad or like violent I I mean you know this is inevitable it will mess up your sleep and so I try and keep things light because I just know it's going to mess up my sleep um so for example like I'm loving call my agent I don't know if you've seen that um because it's just light-hearted and funny and uh I just feel even more now with everything that's happened in this year, those are the things that keep you in a good space. Um, and yeah, monitoring, I just do my sort of whatever my, my morning listen to a bit of the news and then I try and cut it out. But sometimes, you know, the holiday thing, I'm not going to lie. It did get me last week, Mm. bit of a shock. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed for that. That's maybe something yeah. change. And then yeah. suddenly it will be very open again. Yes, and exactly. We are very adaptable humans. We will forget that we were ever in a state where we couldn't move around freely. Exactly. No, we're so adapt. I think that's what's, that's been one of the sort of favorite phrases that I've always said is just adapting. You know, something cancels it's fine. We adapt. We move. It's changed. You've got to have a plan B and C and D. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Nina. I will link to Saucy to your book in the show notes, as well as some of the other bits that you've mentioned. Thank you. So nice to talk to you this morning. You too. Hopefully you've inspired some people to um, start planning their dinner parties. Yes. Oh my God, definitely. And, you know, working on a great playlist, a nice wine, uh, definitely. I think it's, it's what we all need. And hopefully some hugs as well would be nice. If you enjoyed this episode of Priorities, I'd really appreciate it if you could make it your priority today to hit subscribe and also rate and review as this helps other people find it. Need a little incentive? Every month, I offer one free six-month membership to my online studio, Mindful Moment. All you have to do is hit subscribe, rate, review the podcast, and then email a screenshot of your review to podcast at lilysilverton.com for a chance to win. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.